Good morning. Thank you for joining us for episode 38 of Exploring Economic Development. And today we have a special edition of our podcast. It's called Inside the Industry, where we'll be talking about apprenticeship. Have a couple of folks here, uh, one from the Division of Apprentice Standards and also Mass Hire. My name is Meredith Harris with Marlboro Economic Development Corporation, and I am joined this morning by my co-host, Jillian Roberts. How are you? Good morning, Jill. It's a great day for a live stream. Always is. Happy to be here. If you're joining us for the first time, we are live streaming to Facebook and YouTube. So if you have any questions or comments or ideas, you can type them in the chat. We'll be able to see those, potentially answer them, integrate into the live stream. We're on LinkedIn, too. We are. And we our website. Our website, yeah. Oh, were we having trouble with LinkedIn? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Well, Get it together. Come on. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> um, and then, of course, WMCT-TV um, shows our show. So you can uh, like shout out to them. They're awesome. They're doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Meredith, I have a surprise person in the chat that I think we are both very excited to see again. Hold on, hold on. It's our oh, best Spencer. buddy, Spencer. How are you? Good morning, Spencer. How you doing? Spencer, He can't respond. He can't. He can't. <laughs> he I mean, can't. like, I'll see it. Spencer, we hope you're doing well. Spencer was an awesome employee at WMCT-TV. Yes, he was. Malvar High School graduate, recently married. I know this is personal. Congratulations. That's right. Great to see thanks you. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. It's been a while. Yeah. So, so do we want to talk about last episode? I do. Yeah. So the last time we saw you for Exploring Economic Development, we had Marcus Kamblowski from Apex Entertainment. Shout out to Celia. Is it Seal the Noob or something like, something like yes. that? Ooh, I yep. should have looked that yep. up before. But... Marcus was an awesome guest. Yeah. He talked about Apex Entertainment, kind of what went into the entire development, how that came to fruition, and what Apex Entertainment itself offers. Um, so that was a really fun episode. Encourage yeah. anybody who missed it to go take a look and uh, learn more about a complex that I'm sure if you live in or around Marlboro, you have been to been once there. or twice. Yeah. Spent a few dollars. And so the difference between our regular Exploring Economic Development episodes and Inside the Industry is that we dive into an industry that's right yeah. so we don't have one guest today we are joined by two phenomenal guests should we roll a drum We're roll ready. here here we go <laughs> all right so we have greg bond from mass hire and we have dennis collins from the division of apprentice standards welcome thank you both so much for being here with us this morning Thank you. It's uh, <laughs> nice to be invited back, actually. Yeah, so yeah, Greg, right. what was ep we looked it up a few minutes ago, episode 12. Wow, that long ago. It was ago. like two years ago, yeah. which just Time blows my mind. But yeah. thank you for coming back. I think no, that means I'm, that this I'm is just glad to be invited. <laughs> Painless, <anyway>. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And Dennis, your first time on, so yes. thank you for joining us. We did a webinar a couple weeks ago um, to talk to some companies about apprenticeship and what that means and how you can get involved. And we, really, after the webinar, I said, we have to do a podcast because not enough people know about this program and how do we really try to get the word out. And so thank you both for jumping on the horn and being available to come onto the podcast with us this morning. Yeah, so our pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Awesome. Absolutely. So before we kind of jump into apprenticeship, it's been two years. Greg, can you kind of give us a quick overview for folks that may not have been tuned in two years ago about what is Mass Hire, what do you do, and in, in your resources you have for folks here in Marlboro? Happy to. So I'm Greg Bunn. I'm the executive director of the Metro Southwest Workforce Board. Uh, we're one of 16 workforce boards in Massachusetts, and I like to brag that we're the largest of the 16 workforce boards. Um, what we do is a number of things. We help support regional economic development through the advancement of both workers and employers. A lot of people think that we're the uh, unemployment office. Mm -hmm. That's not really the case. Actually, what we do is help job seekers get back in the workforce through um, workshops, job readiness initiatives, but also uh, we use federal funds to train people for a new career. At the same time, we do a lot of work with employers, and especially now, 
things have really changed since the last time we talked because there is just a, a dearth of employees out there. So employers are really struggling to hire people. Right. So we work with employers uh, to try to go to try to encompass all the different solutions to developing their uh, their workforce. Um, so uh, so that's a little bit about us. And you know, again, happy to talk about the work that we do today. And it's such a different landscape, right, than it was, to your point, two years ago. Yeah. I mean, post-COVID, things are just so, it's just changed. Everything has changed. I, I've been doing this for roughly 20 years. I've never seen it like this. Wow. Uh, if you're a job seeker, it's fantastic. It's yeah. the best work environment, to, uh, work environment to be in. But if you're an employer, it is really tough, it's and hard. you have to come up with multiple solutions uh, to hire people these days. So, yeah, it's it's some different landscape out there. Well, and I think that's what kind of brought us to talking to Dennis about apprenticeship. And we, the mayor and I visited your office, which is located in Marlboro. So right thank you for that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but we visited your office not too long ago to talk kind of about this idea where we, MEDC and the mayor and the city of Marlboro and the Marlboro Public Schools, we've been doing a lot of work around work-based learning. And how do we really connect the students with opportunities right as they come out of school. You know, maybe some folks, different career paths, different pathways. Yeah. We've done a couple different programs, one with Patron Ambulance, Technium just launched another new program recently. Where so exciting. It's amazing. And yeah. students are coming out of high school, like certified to do different types of things. The one issue we kept bumping into with some of the companies in Marlboro was this 18 plus, mm. you know, issue where, hey, you know, we're this big manufacturing, bio manufacturing company, but if, if you're not 18, we can't have you in the door. And so we were trying to scratch our head saying, how do we get over that? We talked to Greg and your team, in comes Dennis, where we're talking about apprenticeship, and that kind of helps some of the companies that have that barrier yeah. get over that barrier, right? So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Dennis. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, first of all, what is apprenticeship? And can you tell us about the Division of, division of Apprentice Standards? Sure, and thank you again for having me this morning. Uh, my name is Dennis Collins. I'm an apprenticeship liaison at the Division of Apprentice Standards, and we are the regulatory agency for um overseeing registered apprenticeship programs underneath the Executive Office of Labor and Workforce Development, uh, headed by a new secretary, uh, Lauren Jones. And um, <clears throat> what the apprenticeship model does is it, it brings a high-quality career pathway for both the employer and the apprentice. Mm -hmm. And so it's a more structured program in terms of um, establishing um, the training module under a um, mentor, Mm -hmm. with formal classroom instruction. So in essence, the, the registered apprenticeship is um, earning while you're learning. So the employee is paid yep. while at the same time um, attending classroom um, instruction for mm -hmm. um, the um, supplemental education for their particular occupation. And in the end, uh, they earn an industry-recognized credential that's portable um, across the United States in our possessions. Um, and those standards are established by the United States Department of Labor. And so we fall under the U U.S. Department of Labor standards, but here in Massachusetts, uh, we are what are considered a state apprenticeship agency. So mm -hmm. we have the ability to work with our employers, sponsors, to um, customize their training programs um, using the USDOL um, baseline of um, standards. So the, it kind of, again, it closes the gap of that, you know, it's not necessarily an internship, but it it's the students are leaving with something that they can, it's transferable to other, in, right? Right, and it's much different from, um, you know, many companies have so-called apprenticeships mm -hmm. established within their organizations. Uh, however, cool. they're not formally structured, mm -hmm. and internships certainly give um, uh, the opportunity for an employee to have a flavor for uh, yeah. or exposure to um, job setting in a career. 
but the formal structure of registered apprenticeship programs is what makes it um, that much more valuable to the employee as well as the employer because they are setting up their programs to um, provide the skilled workforce they need for their own um, individual operation. Right, right. So so what are the key, like, how does it work? What are the key components to, if a company comes to you and says, hey, I want to I do an apprentice program, how does that work and what are the key components of it? Uh, essentially, there are five um, key components to a registered apprenticeship program. First, starting with um, active engagement with the employer. Mm-hmm. And, they, and we work with them to establish um, the work process or the training, essentially their training manual, but it's more formalized to meet USDOL and Division of Apprentice standards standards. Um, so we work with them to establish that 2,000 hour per year minimum of an apprenticeship program. So it's a full-time um, job. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we uh, work with them to also establish their classroom instruction, whether they do that, conduct that in-house or work with an outside agency or third-party vendor for that classroom instruction. That's 150 hours a year um, per term, per year of the uh, apprenticeship term. And then the bigger component is the wage progression. Okay. So employees or apprentices are not only looking for that experience to become a mentor, but they're going to appreciate and enjoy uh, various what we call steps. Sure. So based on their competency uh, levels and skills and time in the apprenticeship, they will earn their next bump in pay. So they they look forward to that advancement. Right. right. And then again, in the end, the fifth component is uh, receiving that industry-recognized credential as well as a certificate of completion from uh, the division. The so, Greg, you talk to employers and employee job seekers all the time. Is this something that people are looking for? And, you know, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think this is great because apprenticeship, a registered apprenticeship has been around since the dinosaurs, yeah. but historically... None of us, though. We haven't been around since <laughs> um, But previous administrations really haven't done a great job of communicating how employers can take advantage of it and using some of the workforce system to kind of promote it. So in the past, you would talk to a company, and a lot of times you talk about apprenticeship if you want to train an incumbent worker or you just can't find that person right off the street and you want to be able to train them. Right. And so they would come to us. We'd know a little bit about apprentice training, and we would – direct them to a 35-page application, they would get overwhelmed, and we would never hear from them again. So I, Dennis... I, I can't came, say I don't understand why. <laughs> you know, everyone loves red tape. Right. Uh, but Dennis, Dennis and his team has, has, has done a really good job of filling that gap and helping us in the community become more conversant, understanding some of the admin, so we can take on that role, help navigate through some of that red tape at administration and really be um, a liaison to apprentice standards. So if there's questions, people don't have to worry about going to Boston. They they can come right to us locally. Right, 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 right. So, what are, Dennis, we'll go back to you. What are the benefits to an employer and then also to a, a job seeker employee to want to be involved in this type of program? Why? What's the incentive or why should they do this? Uh, in the end, I think it's about the mutual investment. Mm-hmm. An employee wants to invest in their career path and the employer looking for those that will stay with them long-term. Right. Uh, and I jokingly say that Raytheon and, and uh, Gillette and others, uh, Polaroid, are no longer our grandfather's pension plan where they're grateful to have the job. They'll stick it out for 30, 35 years. It doesn't happen anymore. It does not. Right. And um, um, recent uh, reports uh, from the McKinsey Institute mentioned that the number one reason for employees leaving their employer is because they don't see career advancement growth. Uh, or growth within, their, um, within the organization. And so um, by 
the employer being able to structure the program for their particular needs. Right. They're going to have those employees gain those skills um, and master those skills as part of the standards in order for them to continue to grow within the company. And so we work with our employers to not only um, uh, submit one program, but perhaps a career path program so they can matriculate from one registered apprenticeship to the next and then see that pathway throughout their career. So am I understanding this correctly that it's like it's totally customizable for the for the company or is it kind of industry-based or how do you guys do it's that? It's industry-based and the standards are uh, developed, have been developed by the USDOL working with um, subject matter experts, industry organizations, trade organizations, et cetera, to establish the standards yep. of over a thousand uh, potential um, occupations. And those standards in Massachusetts, we can work with the employer to um, adjust the standards, but as long as the baselines are being met for that particular career to receive that nationally recognized credential, right. um, they're able to customize um, their particular apprenticeship program. But so a lot of, like, we have a lot of life science and biomanufacturing companies mm -hmm. in Marlboro. So really could, like, Boston Scientific take the playbook from Quest and kind of tweak it a little bit or, or they're they're looking to to have the same standards that are met is that kind of the way it works <clears throat> again so the usdol puts forth their standards right and, they, and it's a list of you know could be anywhere from 30 to 50 or whatever job functions that they expect the apprentice to become um um proficient, proficient in and in, sure. in, in, and so those are the baseline okay and then the employers can you can build upon they that. can build upon that if if there was you know we've had situations that there might be some proprietary uh, functions doesn't necessarily be part of that submitted work process but the additional training they provide uh, their employees or their apprentices uh, okay. during the term of their apprenticeship okay Greg what industries are you seeing right now that would you know most benefit from this or who who has the highest need I mean I know we saw during COVID post COVID immediately. It was the hospitality industry that really struggled to kind of find folks to come back and, and still to a degree. But yeah. what are you seeing on your end? Um, so we're seeing pretty much healthcare mm -hmm. uh, and manufacturing. Um, in fact, there's a registered apprentice tax credit that targets some of those areas. I think, Dennis, it's um, uh, IT occupations, advanced manufacturing, and healthcare. Yes. So we as a board have tried to focus on those areas. Trade and construction has a platform in place. Um, so groups like the unions and associated builders and contractors, they have a, a mechanism. So we're trying to fill in that need where there isn't any mm -hmm. and, you know, create almost a library of work processes that we can, like you said, we can uh, work with a manufacturing company on, on one uh, occupation and then take that work process, tweak it, work with another company, and then then helps us become a little bit more uh, of subject matter experts in that area. Mm -hmm. sure. um, so manufacturing is fairly easy to build uh, similar work processes where it's a little more difficult is healthcare because um, mm -hmm. some of the critical occupations in healthcare those entry-level ones like CNA programs you can you can bang those out in three or four weeks and you can you be certified as a CNA after you test mm -hmm. so does it make sense to build that into a much larger longer uh, apprentice program which could be up to two years right. um, so uh, in that case, you want to try to develop certain add-ons and specializations. You might have a CNA that has a focus on phlebotomy or uh, uh, another healthcare uh, sort of flavor. Um, mental health, we're looking at. Uh, we're working with some uh, companies that are trying to um, create uh, an apprentice program for what are called LADCs, licensed alcohol and drug counselors. Okay. So there's a lot of work going in there. I think there's some childcare apprentices mm -hmm. that fall under on the, under the healthcare industry as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I know you guys you guys work closely with a lot of the local um, institutions and educational institutions. So like QCC and, yeah. and are folks like that, are they buying into this idea and what role do they play in all of this? Yeah, so we, we have a number of um, community college partners, including okay. uh, Good Sigamon Community College and others that um, provide the training. Yep. Uh, there are some that serve as an intermediary. So there are two types of um, uh, sponsors at the division, a direct employer sponsor mm -hmm. or an intermediary sponsor who manages the programs on their behalf. So an intermediary like Mass Hire might have multiple employer partners, sure. and they're managing their programs. And if I could, I'd like to just go back to the, I know I, I missed Please. it on the, on the, um, the benefits to an employer, yeah. um, because Greg mentioned the registered apprenticeship tax credit, which is great, uh, which, I, which I consider sort of, like, sort of like the floor mat in a car deal. It, it's <laughs> nice to have, but the true value in the end for the employer comes from having that customized training, yeah. um, that mutual commitment um, in the in the uh, employee apprentice being engaged reduces turnover, mm -hmm. um, um, increases productivity, contributes to um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and sure. um, accessibility, which is key. Um, so that's a, a big component of it. So it help the the registered apprenticeship program allows for all those different benefits uh, directly to the employer, and then having that long term employee who's going to grow with them. And over 90% of um, apprentices stay with an employer wow. at the completion of their program. I was gonna, I was gonna ask huge. about yeah. success rate. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, that's huge because you know, how much time and energy and resources does it take to, you know, if you're constantly turning people over, yeah. you know, that's, that's huge to have 90, 90%, that's, that's right. great. And, and the, the return on investment in the dollar sense is, um, studies have shown that for every dollar invested, roughly a dollar and a half is returned to the employer okay. and um and in the in there's really no outlay for the employer they're already hiring people yeah. they're just putting them into a structured um yeah. program for on the job what we call ojt hands-on experience uh supervised by a mentor and then the additional classroom or supplemental classroom instruction um allows them to be more highly skilled sure. and um, um help grow with the company and so what industries, we know what industries are looking and hiring, but what industries does could take advantage of this? Who, who can get involved? Well, at the division, we say, you know, there's a wrap for that. Um, so just about any... What does that mean? You know, there's an app for that, APP. There's an app for, so what you say, there's a wrap for that, a registered apprenticeship program. Ah. <laughs> there's a wrap for that. That could be on a T-shirt. Right, exactly. <laughs> We're going to start printing them. It's all good. <laughs> right. But, but the... the um, so it's endless. It, it, it pretty much is. Yeah, okay. um, you know, I was, I was talking with colleagues, you know, we have anything from jewelers to brewers. Okay. You know, so, Ooh, talk uh, more about that. Yeah, I right. know. Well, well we, have, we have one, so we need, we need, to, we need to grow the, uh, the brewers um, We have a uh, couple of those in yep. Marlboro, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, and, it, and, it's, and, it, and again, it will attract those that, you know, see that mutual, that commitment from an employer. Right. Right. Because they may bop around at different um, uh, breweries. In, right. uh, but if they have that commitment from their um, employer, uh, they're more likely to stay. So and so what, it really runs the gamut. What kind of cost up front, to, for, like to an employer, is there a large cost up front for them to get involved in these types of things? Nope. No. No. Um, in the expansion trade, depends. There, there, are, two, there are traditional occupations. Sure. Uh, that we're most familiar with, plumbers, electricians, et cetera. Yep. And without getting into too much detail, there's an annual fee for being involved in prevailing wage jobs. Okay. Yep. Um, but then we have dispensing opticians, which is another. It's of the of all our expansion 
um, apprenticeships, dispensing opticians make up about 25%. Okay. So that's, a, that's another um, um, type of apprenticeship. And then we have the expansion trades, as Greg mentioned, from manufacturing to healthcare, education. Um, the secretary and the governor are, are committed to um, um, ensuring that the education um, uh, and the learning careers are being um, focused on, as sure. well as healthcare um, and man advanced manufacturing. Um, but um, um, so the, the, there's really no upfront costs. Okay. And then That's great. partners like ours with mass hires and others can provide supplemental. Yeah, and in certain times, um, I, I don't know who, because uh, we talked about the related instruction piece of it. We talked about, um, to, going back to your question about colleges like Quinsigamon, yep. they're critical um, to, to be to provide that related instruction. So uh, Mass Bay has been mm -hmm. uh, a good provider. Uh, some of the community, I mean, um, some of the uh, Voc Tech schools also can provide some of that related instruction, uh, especially now. So. Uh, one of the reasons, another one of the reasons we want to get involved, uh, more involved with apprenticeship is because we're funded under a federal act called the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. And that fund uh, allows us to give training dollars out to individuals up to $10,000. And the feds really want us, they encourage uh, WIOA as the acronym for the act, mm -hmm. uh, WIOA practitioners to work directly with uh, apprenticeship. So there are certain times that if an individual is eligible for our funding, we can use that for an apprentice program to pay for the classroom costs associated with that. So, so how does somebody determine if they're eligible for that type of funding? Or like, how do they, how do, I wouldn't even know where to start if I was, you know, exactly. didn't know about the program. Exactly, so, and, and that illustrates the whole, the whole point of why we're trying to create sort of sure. a, a one-stop shop, if you will. So they can come to us, an employer can come to us and say, hey, hey, look, I don't even know where to get started. How do I find a, a training provider? How do I refine my work process? How do I recruit for individuals to be an apprentice? So, um, so we can cover that in a number of different ways. So mm -hmm. we rely heavily on Dennis to be the subject matter expert, and then we try to implement it on a ground level. But we have um, we have three brick and mortar career center locations: mm -hmm. one here, uh, one in um, Framingham, Norwood, and then we have a satellite location in Waltham where we can recruit. Uh, potential apprentices for companies. At the same time, uh, we would be the ones who determine eligibility if somebody was applying for training. For us, we can give people uh, that $10,000 if they're a dislocated worker. Okay. Uh, if they're what's considered a low-income adult, they're under a certain poverty level, uh, or an income level, rather, and they're or they're collecting any source of public benefits, even, sure. even SNAP, uh, food stamp assistance, uh, or in, in our uh, third bucket, uh, youth. Mm -hmm. uh, in our world, youth, it's weird, uh, youth go up to age 25, but we can help determine if they're eligible and then connect that to the employer, and then we can handle all of that. We can handle uh, the eligibility piece of it, making sure the fund to disperse of the training provider, all of that. We can even help, at the end of it, wrap that bow up um, if they're eligible for that registered apprentice tax credit and a whole, a whole host of other things. So, right. um, so try to, it, it, again, in, in, in to save that employer the the, uh, the effort of having to do all these different sure. offices and yeah, because uh, there's nothing worse. Than yeah, that. yeah, yeah. They can just do it with us and and uh, and make it much more streamlined. So if I, if I'm an employer that wants to start a program like this, do I need to have a certain number of people that are going to be a part of the apprenticeship program, or can it be like one person at a time? Can you do you have a, a is there a limit on how long your apprenticeship program can go on for, or how does that work? <clears throat> 
There is no minimum, so it could okay. be just one apprentice. Yep. However, we, as I mentioned, we do encourage them to expand their apprenticeship programs. Sure. Um, and depending upon the occupation depends upon the length of the apprenticeship. Okay. So uh, Greg touched upon advanced manufacturing. There are some that are um, one-year, two-year, four-year programs. So it depends on the, what you're trying to, the standard you're trying to meet. Exactly. Okay. Uh, again, put forth by the USDOL. Um, and I would also like to mention that um, the Executive Office of Labor and Workforce Development recently put out an RFR request for response uh, for grant funding opportunities for the, to expand the apprenticeship program. So it's through combys, C-O-M-M-B-U-Y-S dot com. Yep. It can also be found um, a link from our website. Um, and I wanted to touch upon, uh, oh, and I, and I also want to mention that at the division, we're more of a customer service related type agency okay. where we work with our employees and hold their hand through the process. That's great. So it's not like yeah, going to the system, start a program. Yeah. Uh, we have regularly scheduled introductions to registered apprenticeship. Yep. Um, you can access it through the web and, and register. Um, once you attend that meeting, we follow up with a checklist of information and documents to gather, and we handhold them through that process uh, to get them into the system and then provide additional post-approval support through our operations team, we'll conduct regularly scheduled um, online training sessions for sure. sponsors, and our quality assurance teams work with them on record keeping and provide training in that. So, um, we're really a, a customer service related one stop shop. So, so you kind of help get you get the program up and running, and then Greg, your team can kind of help find the the job seekers that would be available for the apprenticeship. Yeah, Is that how exactly. It works? We basically take the baton from Dennis and and, and DAS yeah. once the programs got you know. Uh, got approved, and then we help with the ongoing compliance requirements, mm -hmm. uh, site visits, things like that. So again, in our relationship, with that, that helps us build relationships locally with employers. Sure. Uh, and then that way, if they run into other issues, like I said, they looking for tax credits or they're looking for staff, we can help with that too. At the right. same time, we can help knock off uh, the requirements uh, for um, for Dennis's team. Sure. All right, so we've said tax credits a number yeah. of times today. Can we dive a little bit into what does the, the potential tax credit look like for the employers? Uh, for the indus industries, uh, Greg mentioned healthcare. Now, it's not all um, occupations. There are specific uh, codes that um, we use from the USDOL. Uh, in, but in healthcare, information technology, and um, manufacturing. Man manufacturing. Okay. Um, so those specific occupations. Uh, apprentices are eligible for up to $4,800 per, per, per apprentice, mm -hmm. up to about 20 within, within any given county year for the employer. So they max out at $100,000. Sure. But it's a nice, um, nice tax credit. Uh, many of our employees take advantage of that. And um, it was also, um, uh, I believe, a line item, line item budget uh, to increase that uh, oh, for next great. year. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and the nice thing about that, too, is you combine it with other uh, tax credit out there. I think there's a work opportunity tax credit. If you hire a veteran, um, you, can, you can receive additional funding. So uh, that's one thing we can do is, is like I said, help uh, package all that. And, right. So you're uh, not trying to figure You're not it scouring out. the internet well, I mean, saying, am I eligible for this? Am I not eligible And we say all the time, like, you know, let the let the businesses do what they do best. Yes. Let them do their yeah. business. And and there, you need to help guide them. How do you right. figure these things out? Because otherwise no one's going to take advantage of it. What's the point, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, we've been doing this for a while. And one of the biggest complaints that we've heard is the administrative piece. So there's been programs that have offered um, up to $7,500 cash. 
And some employers just balk at it and they say it's not, it's really not the money. It's it's navigating all the, the bureaucracy around it. So, sure. you know, and that's why this, this partnership with um, Division of Apprentice Standards and, and the workforce boards uh, is really important because it, we begin to solve that problem with, right. the, with the red tape. Awesome. Right. In, interestingly enough, it, up until uh, July of 2021, Everything was submitted by paper, fax, email. Wow. Um, and um, and July snail mail. Twenty twenty one. Yep. Wow. So, but now we've we've developed our online portal, and we again the the apprenticeship liaison team. We really work with our um, our employers to mm-hmm. handhold them through the process to expedite the approval process um, and get them set up. That's great. And um, and and again, working as a team and with our partners, it's been it's, it's been, been wonderful. Good. Yep. So and, tell and, us a little bit about who, any any current relationships or partnerships that you have going, or you know, can, can somebody how does how does somebody find out? Well, how does what does it look like? Is there a model somebody I can talk to, or yeah? So we're we're um, in the infancy of of developing this this program, and and Dennis has been really instrumental. So he connected us with a company right here in town, uh, Energy Systems, right? Um, and they have several uh, HVAC apprentices. So we're uh, Dennis is in the process of helping us transition. Uh, to continue with the compliance piece, we'll go out and do the site visits. We'll go out and do the the annual review for you know all the documentation that needs to be there. So that's one that we've started. Uh, you mentioned the the webinar that we did. We're just trying to promote yeah. uh, to other companies. Hey, this is another service that our business service unit can offer employers, and, right. and it helps us do more too because typically business service through the career centers, people just think of us as like. Ah, more of a, a staffing agency, and they mm-hmm. come to us and say, "Hey, do you have this person?" And and we really want to try to move more towards a solution-based approach. Sure. So instead of saying, "No, sorry, we don't have anybody right now," but here are a couple avenues. So, right. That this is this is great because it helps us put one more use whatever analogy you want one tool more tool in the toolbox, toolbox one, right. uh, <laughs> pitching wedge in your, in your golf cart or, you know that, you know that, that that's right. <laughs> I love that and what's wonderful about the intermediary um, track for employers particularly those that don't have the bandwidth to manage their own programs sure. uh, they can work Mass with them and, and manage that process but it helps bring us to scale and so um, we have um, when we have information technology uh, applicants we may refer them to one of our IT intermediaries right? because they're really the subject matter experts and they can work with them directly, still have the same program, but they're going to help manage that um, on their behalf. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful partnership between the two yeah, of you. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and there's some dynamics that we're still trying to work out. So, you know, for instance, one of the things that we struggle with is if a company needs somebody right away, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the training providers don't want to run a classroom until they get critical mass. So we're trying to come up with strategies to one, find multiple training providers so we can just plug that apprentice into the next available class mm-hmm. or work out sort of a, a cohort model mm-hmm. where we just uh, sort of recruit and then once we get four or five or six or whatever whatever we determine to be that critical number, then we can execute that problem. So little things like it's easy to talk about a program and yeah. put up a website, but really the <laughs> details of making it work or operationalizing are the things that, that we're uh, Dennis and I are working on together now and, and we're solving for. Solving the world's problems one day at a time, well, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd also like to touch upon uh, pre-apprenticeship. Okay, great. Which is um, <clears throat> registered program from in pre-apprenticeship with only the classroom instruction component. Okay. So when you think about you know, the vocational schools and others, sure. um, recently, as an example, uh, Reading Cooperative Bank is one of our sponsors, a very successful bank. 
and they've developed they're developing a track um, for branch management. Okay. And they could, but they can also have a track for um, um, credit um, or commercial lending. Starting in the pre-apprenticeship model in the high schools, uh, those students will take the the basic courses. Sure. Learning math, uh, soft skills of customer service, mm-hmm. um, banking terminology, same thing in medical assisting, those kinds of programs. And so I recently met with um, Reading Cooperative Bank and Greater Lawrence Technical Vocational High School, who's interested in, they can still have the co-op programs, which they, which they will continue to do, but they're going to uh, formalize their pre-apprenticeship program that are tied to registered apprenticeship programs. So it's a direct connect and create that pipeline uh, of, um, of future bankers and future um, uh, healthcare workers, et cetera. So it's, it's a great model. Yeah. Uh, and we're really, and, and the RFR that I mentioned also has a, a, um, a component for pre-apprenticeship. Well, it's funny because I think people are really, and Greg, you must see this all the time, but yeah. people are really starting to get creative about building that, that yeah. pipeline. And you, you didn't yeah. necessarily have to do that years ago, but you kind of do nowadays. No, yeah, and especially, um, you know, last time we talked, we were just coming out of COVID. We saw yeah. how students in classrooms struggled with right. screen learning and, you know, You're doing things on Zoom. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's easy for a student to minimize, right. you know, their screen and then play Call of Duty on the other it's screen. It's easy for all of us uh, to do, I do that, right? That's what I do every day. Constantly um, catching Meredith. One of, the, one of the things Dennis as a team, you know, uh, you know alerted us to um, is that the classroom – related instruction piece can be done online sure so we had a thought so we are launching a, a program where we actually do uh training through uh vr goggles oh right uh, right you yeah, were telling me about that. this company called transfer and what we want to do uh and talking with dennis is create a pre-apprentice program mm-hmm. and some of the training modules are really comprehensive so the goggles are on your, your head so you can't you can't like it's, you're forced to to engage. You so, can't minimize. No, you can't just you know cop out. You um, and 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 the training modules are really comprehensive. So for instance, they start you off with precision measurement, where you literally in your virtual world you pick up a bar and a measuring tape. You measure it. That's you so learn cool. how to divide fractions. You learn how to you know uh, do all these things. So we are stitching together some modules uh, that might be like ten hours worth mm-hmm. of um, content and. Uh, once we anchored that to an existing program, then what we can do is offer that to students in the high schools, mm-hmm. maybe as a directed study or things like that. So we can we can give them a credential at the end of it, and you know they may or may not you know go on to a full blown apprenticeship, and if they do, they can knock off that ten hours off the hundred and fifty sure. hours of total training. Which is so huge. yeah, wow. it's a little it's a it's 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 gives them uh, more substance to it so it's not it's not just doing the training with with students just for the sake of doing it it really it's one little step on that larger career pathway and just to be clear too the apprenticeship model is available to people of all ages right i mean this you know folks that are looking for a career change or coming right out of school you know you you name it right 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 in in you know um Moms coming back on the workforce, yeah. for instance, can become, you know, a pre-apprentice sure. in early education or whatever field they choose for the program, and then matriculate and be connected to that registered apprenticeship program. And the commitment from the registered apprenticeship employer is to offer them an interview for an open slot. They're not committed to hiring, but um, but you they, get your foot in the door, right? In right. in the pre-apprentice model, also not only allows for the employer to vet the employee. Uh, but for the employee, uh, the apprentice, pre-apprentice, to determine if this is the right path for me. For them, 
and maybe try another one. But that's a good good point, too. It's for anybody because, you know, we deal with a lot of individuals who get laid off and and they're in their, let's say they're in their mid-50s like me, and the idea of going back to school or four years or or yeah, and so this gives people a way uh, to train for a new career. At the same time, they can continue, uh, right away, they continue to draw an income. Right. Which is so important, right? <laughs> Just that little little piece there. Yeah, yeah. And the true value in the end is for that apprentice to get to that point of financial, sure. um, you know, self-sustainability. Um, right. right. Do we have a question? We do. We've got a question Great. from Luis da Costa. Thanks for Great joining us, Luis. You. Thank you for joining us. So um, his question is, where can a company find information about the program and what is needed to participate? Thank Great question, question, Luis. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Dennis? Well, Greg. Uh, and we'll, we'll share the information, I'm sure, uh, if you go to mass, um, mass.gov slash DAS, uh, as in Division of Apprentice Standards. Um, there's some information there, but we also provide online um, um, overview sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can, we, you can register and, and attend one of those sessions uh, for an introduction to apprenticeship. I will also say any, any Marlboro company that's interested in, in engaging in this program, you know, or, or individuals, reach out to MEDC. We'd be happy, or Greg at Mass Hire. Yeah. yeah, we'd be happy to help put you in touch mm-hmm. with the right folks. Right. Feel free to email me directly. Yeah. All right, so we're running up against time. Um, but October, we are in the middle of National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Is that correct, Dennis? That's correct. Awesome. Awesome. And on um, Friday, um, October 27th at 10 a.m., we are uh, partnering with the Mass Office on um, Disability Mm -hmm. uh, for an hour and a half long um, um, webinar. Okay. We're going to have apprentices and their employers discuss their experiences, provide additional resources from the um, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and others. So it's going to be a wonderful program. And I'd like to just mention, uh, on Friday in Marlboro, is at the uh, Mass Rehabilitation Commission um, Awards Breakfast. It was amazing to see, you know, the, the partnerships of uh, those employers that work with those with disabilities and the success stories um, were very, um, very exciting. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And then another exciting week is coming up in November, correct? That's right. And uh, the week of November 13th is National Apprenticeship Week, uh, where the U.S. Department of Labor and every um, um, apprenticeship agency across the country will have a week's long worth of programs in their states. We register them with the uh, USDOL, so there's in, in share information and resources. Sure. Um, I know the secretary is going to be doing um, site visits and a schedule, full, full-blown schedule for that week, uh, as well as myself and my team. So um, it's a great way. To, it's, a, it's a great week where we really um, provide yeah. um, the public and, and others with um, the apprenticeship model, which is just key to our growth. Well, if you're looking for anywhere in the state to visit that week, it's Restaurant Week in Marlboro as well. <laughs> so if you'd Sign like to up. come here, or if the secretary would like to visit Marlboro, we've got lots of specials going on, and it'll be really fun. It'll be really good here. <laughs> That's a nice little subtle plug. Well, I'm, I'm okay. sure that Lindsay's watching Lindsay's and saying, that. ooh, November 13th to the 18th. I hope my, yeah, so there you go. Um, I think that's it, guys. Unless well, I there's, did, I did oh. want to make sure that we um, that we plugged um, the Mass Hire website. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we're part of the Mass Hire network. We're actually the uh, Metro Southwest Workforce Board. Uh, our website is mass www.masshiremsw.com for Metro Southwest. Just to make it a little more confusing, it, right? Right. <laughs> right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, M- uh, mass hire uh-huh. MSW. MSW. Mm-hmm. Metro Southwest. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Unless there's anything you guys wanted to add to the discussion today, this was really informative, really helpful. I think any the plea kind of to anybody that's watching is if you have any interest in this or you're an employer, you're a student, you're somebody that's looking to change careers, you, or you just want to learn more about it, you think you might yeah. know somebody who's interested, just reach out. Let us know. We're happy to, to make the connection to answer any questions you may have, and uh, hopefully we can continue to kind of fill that pipeline, build the pipeline, and, and help employers hire for years to come yeah so thank you for i appreciate Greg, the Dennis, opportunity thank you guys so thank much you. for being here today thanks for having us awesome have a wonderful wednesday and we will see you again the first week of november for another episode <laughs> of exploring economic development with medc